But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. 
he trained to be a paratrooper specializing in demolitions. While demonstrating explosives to young recruits, a defective fuse detonated some TNT he was holding. Harold Russell lost both his hands that day. Doctors offered him a choice of prosthetic devices, plastic hands or steel hooks. He chose the hooks. Russell became so skilled at using those hooks, he made a training film to help other soldiers who had lost their limbs. This was the day I lost both my hands. On this June day in 1944, someone else's fingers were writing down my words in my diary. Meanwhile, Hollywood director William Wyler, himself a disabled war veteran, was casting a film about three soldiers who returned home from the war, trying to adjust to life back in their small hometown. He happened to see Harold Russell in that training film and was so moved by his honesty and realism, he made the daring choice to cast Russell in his 1946 movie, The Best Years of Our Lives. Harold Russell, who was born in North Sydney, Nova Scotia, was not an actor. In fact, he had never acted a day in his life. Yet Weiler was so taken with Russell, he had the screenplay rewritten to incorporate a character who had lost both hands in the war. This is when I know I'm helpless. My hands are down there on the bed. I can't put them on again without calling to somebody for help. I can't smoke a cigarette or read a book. That door should blow shut. I can't open it and get out of this room. When the Academy Awards rolled around that year, The Best Years of Our Lives was nominated for eight Oscars, winning seven, including Best Picture. But the most memorable moment of the night belonged to Harold Russell. The Academy decided to give him an honorary Oscar for, quote, bringing hope and courage to his fellow veterans through his appearance. The reason the Academy gave Russell the honorary Oscar was because they felt, as a non-actor, he was highly unlikely to win Best Supporting Actor. But they were wrong. When the envelope was opened, the Best Supporting Actor trophy went to Harold Russell, making him the only person in history to win two Oscars for the same role in the same Oscar ceremony. Russell wasn't cast in anything else for almost 40 years. Decades later, he would sell one of his Oscars to pay for his wife's medical bills. But in spite of it all, Harold Russell holds down one of the most notable places in Hollywood trivia. He was one of the most unlikely and biggest Oscar winners of all time. Marketing has had some unlikely winners in Hollywood. Every once in a great while, a commercial becomes so popular that studios take notice. Some of those commercials have turned into television shows, inspired popular songs, and even became big hit movies. And one ad campaign inspired a TV sitcom that was voted one of the worst of all time. But that's what happens when ads go Hollywood. You're 
1979, Coca-Cola came out with one of the most beloved Super Bowl ads of all time. It showed legendary Pittsburgh Steeler Mean Joe Green limping to the locker room after a tough game when a starstruck boy offers him his bottle of Coke. Mr. Green? Yeah. You need any help? Mm-mm. Want my Coke? No, no. Really? You can have it. Then the huge football player tosses his jersey to the kid. By the way, Green struggled with delivering that classic line. He had guzzled 18 bottles of Coke during the shoot, and burps kept getting in the way. And they were big 16-ounce Coke bottles because his large hands made the regular bottle look too small. The Super Bowl ad was so successful with viewers, NBC commissioned a 1981 TV movie based on the commercial called The Steeler and the Pittsburgh Kid. It told the story of a young boy who was temporarily adopted by Mean Joe Green and his team. The players then become inspired by the boy's love of football. Green, of course, played himself, and the boy was played by Henry Thomas, who just one year later would go on to play Elliot in E.T., an ad that became a made-for-TV movie that definitely made Coke smile. In 2004, Geico aired a 15-second commercial saying that its website was so easy to use, a caveman could do it. In the ad, when the spokesperson utters that line, we see a caveman off-camera who is part of the film crew. He's offended and stomps off the set. It's so easy to use Geico.com, a caveman could do it. (laughs) What? Not cool. I did not know you were there. The commercial was a hit. So Geico came out with a series of funny ads starring two cultured cavemen in the 21st century always being offended at the Geico slogan. How can it be offensive if it's true? Okay, first of all, I'm not 100% in love with your tone right now. Tone aside, historically, you guys have struggled to adapt. Yeah, right. Walking upright, discovering fire, inventing the wheel, laying the foundation for all mankind. You're right. Good point. Sorry we couldn't get that to you sooner. The ad agency behind the idea believed that, quote, laughter was almost as universal as a lack of interest in car insurance. By 2008, the cavemen were voted best advertising mascots of the year. When a fake trailer surfaced on YouTube for a caveman movie, the ad agency got an idea to pitch a caveman sitcom to Hollywood and received an enthusiastic response from ABC. The script focused on three cavemen who were repeatedly humiliated by Geico's tagline. It would be called Caveman. But the resulting sitcom didn't sit right with viewers. To many, it came off as blatant commercialism, and the reviews were overwhelmingly bad. After just six episodes, Cavemen was cancelled. Today, you can find it on most worst sitcoms ever made lists. Car insurance? So easy a caveman can do it. Turning an ad campaign into a successful sitcom? Not so much. Hey, 
Remember this guy? You know, Vern, the so-called heat you get from that heat pump of yours is not very hot. I mean, it's definitely drafty and kind of lukewarm, know what I mean? That character was named Ernest P. Worrell. The P, by the way, stood for power tools. Ernest was created as an advertising mascot that eventually inspired a whole series of movies. But let's begin at the beginning. The character of Ernest P. Worrell was created in the boardroom of a Nashville advertising agency called Cardin and Cherry. Partner John Cherry was trying to think of a way to promote an aging amusement park that was under renovation in Kentucky. He needed an idea to promote the amusement park without showing the amusement park. That's when he dreamt up Ernest P. Worrell, a lovable, know-it-all character who would tell his neighbor Vern, who he would never see, all about the park. Cherry would keep the camera tight on Ernest's face so he didn't have to show the roller coasters. And Ernest would talk directly to the camera. But first, he needed to find just the right actor to play Ernest. Jim Varney was an actor from Kentucky who dreamed of working in live theater. He moved to New York and did some off-off-Broadway plays, but didn't earn much money. Then he headed out to Hollywood looking for more work. When times were lean, he drove a truck. When times were good, he'd land small roles in 70s sitcoms like Alice and Fernwood Tonight. One day, he auditioned for a role in a car dealer commercial in Nashville, Tennessee. That's when he met the man who wrote the commercial, John Cherry. They hit it off, and Cherry loved Jim Varney's talent. So when he needed an actor to play Ernest P. Worrell, he remembered Varney. While the amusement park commercial was a hit, the amusement park itself eventually folded. But John Cherry kept the Varney commercial on a reel when courting clients. One day, a prospective client called Purity Dairy asked Cherry if he could revive the Ernest character for their commercials. One of those first ads showed Ernest trapped inside a grocery store cooler. Burning! Burning! Hey, burn! Hey, burning! Burn! Burn, I'm trapped in here with all this purity ice cream. Don't send help, know what I mean? Little did they know it would be the start of a very lucrative relationship between John Cherry and Jim Varney. Soon, the line, Hey Vern, became a pop culture catchphrase. And the structure of the commercials became something John Cherry could sell to multiple clients. His thinking was this. Cherry could approach local advertisers to create Hey Vern commercials for their products. It was a concept Cherry could sell to different companies market to market right across the country. So, somebody in North Carolina wouldn't see Ernest pitching milk in New Jersey, and somebody in New Jersey wouldn't see Ernest pitching a car dealer in North Carolina. That allowed Varney and Cherry to film commercials for everything from convenience stores to pizza parlors to banks. The commercials caught on big time with the public, and many would actually call their local television stations asking when the next Hey Vern commercial was going to air. That made Cherry's pitch to advertisers very seductive, because if the public wanted to watch a commercial, chances are they would remember the product. Hey Vern, have you ever noticed when you talk to a stock boy, you say, hey, 
where's them navy beans? He don't know. Or where's the bologna? He don't know. But when you say, hey, stock boy, where's that Pine State Scoop DeVille ice cream? He'll say, well, it's right over there, sir, in six delicious flavors. Always fresh, always guaranteed for supreme taste. Thanks for shopping with us. One day, Varney made an appearance as Ernest P. Worrell in the Indianapolis 500 Parade. Even though his commercials weren't playing in that market, all the fans stood to cheer Varney, yelling out, Hey, Vern! Two Disney executives happened to be in the crowd that day and couldn't believe what they were witnessing. Later, when they did their research, they discovered Jim Varney already had a 20,000-member fan club. Not long after, Disney made a four-picture deal with Cherry and Varney. The first movie was Ernest Goes to Camp in 1987. Then, Ernest Saves Christmas. Then came a 13-episode Saturday morning TV series aimed at kids called Hey Vern, It's Ernest, followed by seven more feature films. All told, the Ernest movies would generate over $100 million at the box office. It was a huge success, until Jim Varney passed away from lung cancer at the age of 50 in the year 2000. But he left behind a legacy of over 4,000 hilarious commercials, and those commercials led to nine motion pictures and a children's TV series for which he won an Emmy. And that's a pretty impressive body of work. Know what I mean? And we'll be right back. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant Glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, 
If you're enjoying this episode, why not dip into our archives, available wherever you download your pods. Go to terryoreilly.ca for a master episode list. In 1992, Nike ran a Super Bowl commercial for their latest Air Jordan sneakers titled Hair Jordan. It featured Bugs Bunny playing basketball alongside a live-action, recently retired Michael Jordan. Of course you know this means war. Air Jordan and Air Jordan. What'd you expect? Am I fine? The ad was so successful, Nike made another the following year. This time, it took place in outer space. The commercials were some of the first ads to tap the nostalgia of Looney Tunes. The animation appealed to kids, but bugs tugged on the heartstrings of boomers. That gave Warner Brothers an idea. They wanted to turn the ads into a major motion picture. The plot? When evil aliens threaten to kidnap the Looney Tunes gang, Bugs Bunny challenges them to a basketball game with the help of superstar Michael Jordan. They called it Space Jam. Looney Tunes was the perfect pairing for Jordan because the cartoon characters could carry the comedy. But Nike had reservations about the film. It owned Jordan's apparel rights and was concerned about his image. But one look at Space Jam's merchandising opportunities and Nike said, Okay, we're doing it. Filming the movie was tedious work because of the mix of live action with animation, and Michael Jordan often got bored. So to keep him happy, the studio built a basketball court near the set so he could play some ball between takes. Eventually, NBA stars like Reggie Miller and Magic Johnson stopped by to play. Then, in November 1996, Space Jam was released. The movie was a huge hit. To date, it has earned more than $4 billion. Over 200 licensing deals were struck. Even the soundtrack to Space Jam became a hit. Space Jam not only sold a ton of Nike shoes, it also resurrected Looney Tunes and shot the cartoon characters straight into hip-hop culture. And, as fate would have it, those pickup games Jordan played between takes would convince him to mount a famous comeback with the Chicago Bulls, which would eventually lead to three more NBA championships. 20 years later, Space Jam's iconic status is still rock solid. Jordan says the original Hair Jordan ad was his kid's favorite commercial. Not because Dad was in it, but because Bugs Bunny was in it. That's all, folks. Well, that's my line. Back in 1939, department store Montgomery Ward in Chicago had a seasonal problem. The retailer had been purchasing coloring books to give away to kids as free Christmas gifts, but it was becoming costly. The store wanted to create a Christmas booklet of their own to save money. So it assigned the task to one of the store's ad writers, 34-year-old Robert May. Not long after, May's wife became terminally ill. Montgomery Ward wanted to lessen his workload and suggested that someone else write the Christmas story. 
but Robert May said he needed something to keep his mind off the sadness in his home. As he wrote the story, he would test it out on his four-year-old daughter. He also based his story on his own experiences. He was small, slight, and shy as a kid, and was often bullied. So, he created a story about a reindeer who was taunted because he had a glowing red nose. But that nose ends up saving Christmas by guiding Santa's sleigh through the fog. May considered naming the reindeer Rollo, then Reginald, and even Romeo, but settled on Rudolph. When he presented the story to his Montgomery Ward bosses, they had an immediate problem with it. Can you guess why? It was the red nose. His bosses were worried that a story featuring a red nose, an image associated with drinking and drunks, was inappropriate for a children's Christmas story. So May had one of the store's illustrators draw up some sketches of a cute reindeer with a red nose. When management saw the pictures, they fell in love with Rudolph. With that, the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was printed up into a 32-page illustrated booklet and distributed to children as a free Christmas gift. But the booklet had a marketing purpose. Montgomery Ward's 620 store managers were told to only give the booklet out to children who were accompanied by a parent. Because, quote, Parents are the people you want to sell! Double exclamation mark. The booklet was positioned to staff as the perfect Christmas crowd bringer. And it was. The store gave away over 2 million copies of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in the first year alone, and over 6 million were distributed by the end of 1946. Because it was a protected trademark, the commercial use of Rudolph required royalty payments, and the post-war demand for Rudolph licensing was overwhelming. But because Robert May had written the story as an employee of Montgomery Ward, he received no royalties. Deeply in debt due to his wife's terminal illness, May was struggling by 1947. That was when the department store did something most corporations would never, ever do. It turned the entire copyright over to May to help alleviate his debt. With that, his financial future was secured. But Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer didn't become a true phenomenon until Rudolph became a song. Robert May's brother-in-law, Johnny Marks, was a composer. He developed the music and lyrics to a song based on May's story. Marx offered the song to Bing Crosby and Dinah Shore, but both singers turned it down. He then offered it to cowboy crooner Gene Autry. He hated the song too, but his wife liked it, so Autry put it out as a B-side in 1949. That B-side would go on to become the second biggest-selling Christmas song of all time, next to the Bingsters' White Christmas. Then, in 1964, the story that began as a Christmas marketing promotion became a famous stop-motion animated television special. The script and the storyboards were developed in New York, but the actors recorded their roles in Toronto at the old RCA Studios at 225 Mutual Street. The late Billy Mae Richards provided the voice of Rudolph, and Paul Soles played Hermie the misfit elf. 
As a matter of fact, with the exception of narrator Burl Ives, all the roles were played by Canadians. Well, what do you want? You, you promised to walk me home. Aren't you going to laugh at my nose, too? I think it's a handsome nose. Much better than that silly false one you were wearing. It's terrible. It's different from everybody else's. But that's what makes it so grand. Robert May's little Christmas marketing idea, designed to drive tremendous traffic to Montgomery Ward, has stood the test of time. Its universal theme of finding strength in an assumed handicap touches hearts right around the world. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer animated TV program is now the longest-running Christmas special in history. When a commercial makes that unlikely leap to Hollywood, it's a dream come true for advertisers. But that leap is so rare. When the Mean Joe Green Super Bowl commercial made a huge impact on viewers in the late 70s, NBC saw an opportunity for big ratings and Coke saw an unexpected windfall. It was one of the first times in history that a 60-second ad inspired a movie. When Geico realized it had a funny premise on its hands, Hollywood was eager to roll the dice. But the advertising was too effective. The cavemen were so associated with Geico, viewers felt they were watching a half-hour commercial for the insurance company. The opposite happened with Ernest P. Worrell. He was a very rare character in the world of advertising. As online magazine Mental Floss notes, Ernest was a mascot without a permanent corporate home. With over 4,000 commercials, he was never associated with one product. Paired with the strategy of only doing local commercials, he suffered no national wearout. Space Jam was simply a slam dunk. It was a bouquet of successes. It sold millions of Nike products, revived Looney Tunes, created a blockbuster feature film that made billions, and also happened to help relaunch Michael Jordan's career. But maybe the most interesting story today is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Most people don't know Rudolph was created as a marketing idea. Yet, it transcended its department store origins to find a permanent place in our hearts. That's what can happen when an ad hitchhikes to Hollywood. It blurs the line between entertainment and marketing. And when people see marketing as entertainment, the filters go down and the spending goes up. When you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly. Under the Influence was recorded in the Tear Stream. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Sound engineer, Keith Oman. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Research, Abby Forsyth. Co-writer, Sydney O'Reilly. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Terry O. Influence. See you next week. This episode brought to you by... Ice-cold Coca-Cola. Know what I mean? We'd like to see your mug shot. Purchase an Under the Influence coffee mug 
Then send us a photo of you listening to the show with the mug. We'll post it to our social media. Go to terryoreilly.ca slash shop. Every purchase supports the show. We appreciate it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.